Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. Today is Tuesday, the 22nd of February. I'm Zara Seidler, joined by Sam Kozlowski, here to take you through the big news of the day. Sam, yesterday was a stressful day for commuters. Talk us through it. No trains in Greater Sydney were active yesterday after negotiations between the New South Wales government and the rail, tram and bus union broke down in the early hours of Monday morning. We heard anecdotal stories that a lot of people actually knew that there was a strike because they saw it on the Daily Oz at about 7.30am. There is an ongoing dispute between the two parties over who caused the trains to be cancelled. Yesterday, the Fair Work Commission adjourned the dispute until Wednesday. Prime Minister Scott Morrison has requested for an investigation after the ADF accused a Chinese Navy vessel of shining a laser at an Australian aircraft. Morrison said this is completely unacceptable and so we've demanded there be an investigation of what occurred on the vessel. Keeping an eye on tensions in Ukraine and US President Joe Biden and Russian leader Vladimir Putin have agreed in principle to a summit over Ukraine. And this is according to French President Emmanuel Macron. However, the US will only participate in the meeting if Russia does not invade Ukraine. That is somewhat of a caveat. The meeting is set to occur after the US Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov meet on the 24th of February. And today's good news, the Victorian government has announced an $100 million voucher scheme which will provide residents with rebates for entertainment, dining and travel. There will also be a regional areas program which will provide rebates on food and wine experiences. The voucher scheme was announced as part of a broader $200 million business stimulus package yesterday. Today, we're looking at an Aussie tech billionaire's surprise bid to take over the country's largest electricity company. AGL is the single largest emitter in the country. Right? It represents over 8% of Australia's emissions. That would make it one of the biggest decarbonisation projects on Earth. And I think Australia should be really proud of that. We can do it in, a, in an economic way that creates jobs and drives prices down. Um, it, it's a very sensible plan. So that was billionaire Mike Cannon-Brooks there on his plan to take over Australian electricity company AGL. Joining me today to tell us more is TDA journalist Tom Crowley. Tom, tell me, what is Mike Cannon-Brooks' plan and, importantly, can he actually pull this off? G'day, Sam. So as you've heard there in those clips, the the plan is basically to take down Australia's biggest polluter uh, from the inside, if you like. So AGL is our largest electricity provider and 83% of its electricity comes from coal, which makes it our worst emitter. We heard from Mike Cannon-Brooks that it emits basically as much as the entire countries of Switzerland or New Zealand or Ireland. So it's kind of a big deal just on its own as one company. And at the moment, AGL plans to exit coal altogether by 2045. It's got a series of closure dates for for its various plants, but the final date is 2045. Well, Mike Cannon-Brooks thinks that that's not good enough and he's putting his money where his mouth is. So he's joined forces with the Canadian infrastructure company Brookfield to make an offer basically to buy AGL. So to buy 100% of its shares for about $8 billion. Uh, And he says that if he succeeds, he plans to get them out of coal 15 years early by 2030. 
Now, that initial offer of $8 billion has been rejected by AGL's board, but Cannon Brooks confirmed yesterday that he's in it to win it and he's going to prepare to make another more generous bid soon. And so presumably that offer was rejected by the board of AGL because it wasn't lucrative enough for its shareholders. What does Mike Cannon Brooks have to do now? Does he have to make them an offer they literally cannot refuse? Yes, that, that does make him sound a little bit like a mobster, but that, that is pretty much what's required from here. So, so the important place to start within explaining this is that because AGL is a publicly listed company, so that means that it's got shareholders and, and you or I or our listeners could choose to be one of those shareholders, the shareholders are ultimately in charge of AGL and the decision about whether to accept a takeover bid eventually rests in their hands. But the board, which makes decisions on behalf of shareholders and which has a legal requirement to act in their best interests, if the board thinks that the offer is a low ball and that it undervalues the company, they can just reject it out of hand. And that's pretty much what's happened here. So that $8 billion bid translates to $7.50 per share. And just to sort of put that in context, AGL was worth $7.16, so just a little bit less at the close of trading last Friday, and it shot up higher than that yesterday. So that opening bid from Mike Cannon-Brooks was not a huge one, and that's part of why the AGL board was able to reject it without consulting shareholders. Uh, but if Cannon-Brooks and, and Brookfield come back with a better offer, so kind of that, that godfather offer, if you like, then it might have to go to a shareholder vote. Now, I think it's fair to say it's pretty uncommon for shareholders to vote against the wishes of, of the board who are likely to oppose even a bigger bid. Quite often, shareholders don't even decide themselves on their own votes. They just assign their voting rights to, to proxies on the board or to active investors. But of course, this is going to be a fairly high profile bid. So, so it's certainly not inconceivable. And, and what we've seen today in Mike Cannon-Brooks' media statements and yesterday is that he's really appealing directly to shareholders and, and trying to convince them that his offer is a good one, because at the end of the day, they're the ones that matter. And what is exactly his pitch to investors? It strikes me that it would be a pretty big task to convince average punters who hold stock in AGL to vote in favour of essentially running the company into the ground. What's the go there? Yeah, so so I think it's fair to say, vote for me and I'll destroy your company would not be a very persuasive pitch on its own. So so it's fair to say that that's not the message. The the plan from from Mike Cannon Brooks is is basically to turn AGL into a renewable energy company. So to replace the coal with renewable generation technology and with the sorts of technology that's required to to store and to transport that energy. So it's sort of similar in a way to what AGL is planning over long, a longer time horizon. AGL wants to achieve that through through a merger and a slightly more complex arrangement. But Mike Cannon-Brooks's answer for the company is to replace its coal generation with renewable generation. And a big part of his pitch is that doing this and doing this earlier makes good economic sense and that it's actually going to be profitable. So he says that renewable energy is cheaper than coal-generated energy in Australia. He says it'll create more jobs. Of course, it'll lower emissions. And he says it'll be more reliable. So he points out that the coal infrastructure that's currently used in our national energy market is ageing and unreliable. And so his pitch is that this is the right way forward, not just from an emissions point of view, but that it will actually be profitable for shareholders as well. So that's kind of at the heart of his pitch to them. 
And whenever we talk about energy, climate, some of these major topics that literally power the nation, we have to hear from the government. Did we hear from them yesterday? We did. So there's, I suppose there's two different types of government voices that we can look to here. So there's the government itself, the politicians, but there's also the government regulator. So I might start there. So the government regulator is independent. It doesn't answer to, to the politicians. And it's called, in this case, AEMO, the Australian Energy Market Operator. And they say that Australia should be able to do away with coal altogether by 2043, so that they've mapped out a path to, to make that happen. And Mike Cannon-Brooks' statements in the media have said that he, he sees his move as kind of part of AEMO's plan to, to make that happen. It's fair to say that the government is known for being quite cautious when it comes to the removal of coal plants. So we heard yesterday from Energy Minister Angus Taylor, and, and he said, as he said many times before, he basically warned about the reliability issues and the price issues that he's concerned could come from being too hasty with exiting coal. So he, I suppose, poured a little bit of cold water on the idea from that perspective. And definitely, I think the impact on on jobs, on power prices and on system reliability they're issues that certainly Mike Cannon-Brooks thinks he can overcome, but they're the sorts of issues that have traditionally motivated the government in this space. And so we can expect them to be kind of watching any proposal closely with those things in mind. And the idea of a billionaire taking over a coal company to shut it down or more accurately to make it a renewable company sounds like a pretty novel idea. Have we seen anything like it around the world? So not quite. We haven't really seen anything like this pulled off before, but but we have seen some similar things floated. So in 2014, Greenpeace tried to buy a bunch of coal mines from a Swedish energy company, Vattenfall. So Vattenfall was a, I apologise for, I'm sure I'm butchering the Swedish pronunciation there, but they're a state-owned Swedish company that decided basically to exit coal and to sell its mines. And Greenpeace said, well, we'll buy the mines and we'll shut them and we'll keep the coal in the ground. But that bid was ultimately rejected. And then more recently, the Asian Development Bank in November last year has said that it would fund public-private partnerships to buy out coal plants in Indonesia and the Philippines uh, to speed up their closure. So that's in its early stages, but but that's a, a live plan. But certainly if Cannon Brooks were, were to succeed and to succeed soon, he, he'd be among the first in the world to do something like this. But no doubt it may be that if it works out that, that others will follow, I think it's certainly something that many will be watching very closely. Tom, thanks for that update. We'll keep an eye on things and let everybody know if there's a return bid from Mike Cannon-Brooks for $100 trillion. That will be an offer that's hard to refuse. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we would love you to review it either on Apple or Spotify. It really makes a difference to us as independent podcast producers. That's all we've got time for today on Tuesday the 22nd. Have a fantastic day and we'll speak to you tomorrow.